Welcome back, brother, to another episode of Consciousness and Leadership, the podcast for truth-seeking souls. We're going deep into water consciousness today. We are going to talk about adventuring around the world, and we're going to let whatever else flows through transmit from me and this legendary masculine leader and a new soul brother of mine, Kevin Work. Whatever comes through from us, it's going to be divine, and we're really honored that you are investing your time and your energy into this conversation that we're about to transmit to you. We honor you for that um, because it is your one of your most valuable resources here in, in this time and in this matrix. And if you don't already know, I am your host and facilitator, Ghost Cat Blood, also known by the name my parents gifted me, Spencer Raymond Madden. And we're going to get right into it. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to my new soul brother, Kevin Work. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin. Thanks, Spence. I, I appreciate it. Can you give me that 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 non-parents name again that, that was so divine? What, what, what do you go by? I love that. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. I always share this some, from time to time because a lot of people are like, what the fuck? Like the, the <laughs> name, the, the name is um, ghost cat blood, ghost cat being one word and blood being the last name. Um, just for a little bit of context, since we're on the subject of it, yeah, it's, it's it, I, I would describe it as it, it comes through as my forest name. Um, but it's like, you can't quite, it's like not, it's more of like a sound that comes through, but that's kind of what I've translated it to. And essentially I was just walking in a forest up here in Canada by myself, you know, probably, it was probably about three years ago. So I was well on my spiritual journey and I wasn't doing anything particular. I was just walking around, kind of walking down the path at a good clip, looking at some things. And then all of the sun, I just had like this huge, like, sh like goosebumps, but not in a negative way, like just rush. Mm -hmm. And it just like in my ear, it was like, I could feel the wind go in my ear and out the other ear. And it was, and it basically just said like ghost cat blood. And I instantly knew like, that was the name that this forest gifted me. It was crazy. Wow. That's pretty epic, man. I love that. Uh, you were able to be tuned in and hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. Cause if you don't know what a ghost cat is, that's um, kind of a, a lesser known name for a mountain lion or a cougar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really one of the animals that I work with quite a bit, uh, specifically around my heart chakra and my, and my um, solar plexus chakra that almost comes to quite often. And every time I see one in the wild, it's just such a powerful experience. So that's a, that's a little where that came from. Yeah, dude, I love that share. And you said blood is the, the other part of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a perfect transition, man. You know, 94% of what's your blood is water, right? Yeah. So yep. About water consciousness. And, you know, we are just water beings. So I, I love the fact that, you know, you gifted or it was gifted to you that concept. So is, is there a certain moment outside of that? Or did blood come also during the during the walk in the woods? Yeah, it was like, it was like that, that name just got placed in. It was like one single thing. It was like just ghost cat blood. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. cool. And then I had like a lot of like deep, like ancestral energies. I didn't, I didn't necessarily see or like directly feel um, the ancestors in that forest. Sometimes I can, right. but it was definitely, it definitely felt like um, some presence of, of, 
you know, some ancestors who had walked before. Mm. It was, it was neat. It caught me off guard, but it was, it was pretty divine at the same time. And just for you being in the present moment, it all happened, huh? Yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because it's only been probably like the last six months, I'd say, where I really started like really claiming that name. And I had to work through the story being like, well, fuck, like my name is Spencer Raymond Men. That's what's on my birth certificate. Like, is this a nickname? Like, are people going to think it's weird? And then I just had this moment when I was really stepping up the, the new earth masculine, really, really going all in with it, where I was like, well, why don't I use that? Like, mm. like I get to create my own rule, my own rules and reality in here. And I love that name and it means something to me and I'm just going to use it. And it's a great conversation starter. And every time I say it, I just, I feel the power of it in my soul. Mm. And the more you speak it out, the more it becomes your reality. Totally. Absolutely. Um, I'm not quite at the point where I'm introducing myself, shaking my hand <laughs> as ghost cat blood, but yeah. you know, I, I am moving to one of the more energetic centers in um, the North American continent. So, you know, it, it wouldn't be that weird. I just, I just envisioned a credit card with, with that on it. And you like, <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Man. Yeah. Awesome, man. Cool. Well, I'd love to just get you to share like I like to call it the quick and dirty you know mm. a couple minutes around you know who you are and what you're bringing forth uh, for the brother who's listening to this conversation mm. yeah that's that's a, that's a great opportunity so one I'm gonna just double down on what you said say thank you for for tuning in right now wherever you are whatever you're doing and taking this moment to to hear this transmission that you know comes through us. So if you're listening to this, this message is for you in some capacity. So thank you guys for, for tuning in. Um, yeah, for me, you know, there, there, there's, I've lived so many lifetimes so far in this lifetime, and I've always been a little bit of an outsider, so to speak. I always felt like there was something that I just felt internally I, I couldn't be a part of. Um, and that, you know, that really kind of magnified when I was 16 and I won a scholarship to, um, I earned a scholarship for, uh, with my parents, with my dad's company, Panasonic. And I, I spent almost three months in Japan as a, with a host family. And, you know, at that age, leaving everything you kind of know, and that was my first international experience too, and going to a place with such energetic you know, strength as Japan. Um, for any of you who are from Japan or have visited Japan, um, it, it, it is just, it was incredible on the experience I had there at 16 and returning back to a smaller town in Georgia. Goodness, my, I just never came back the same. So, um, you know, ever, ever since that point, I've just been, you know, dabbling in and out of the, these so-called structures that is the society that tells us to do these certain things and never quite investing into them because I never felt quite um, authentic in them. And um, yeah, I think my so-called awakening, depression, whatever phrase people want to call it, it, it happened for me about three and a half years ago. And I was up in Seattle living a lifestyle that was super like on paper successful. I was, you know, driving the convertible at a six figure business. I had a gorgeous partner. I was, you know, I had a great apartment, a condo overlooking the space needle and like all these things that would be check boxes for people. Um, and, you know, but what, 
wasn't seen was always what's kind of beneath. And that's, you know, there was my tendency to drink too much, my really dependency on escaping with alcohol and, and weed and all these things. And, you know, not being so in alignment with my, with my soul, because I was in real estate and sales and investing, and I wasn't in the more of a heart centered space at the time. So it was more about numbers and gaining money. So I could vacation instead of realizing life is a vacation if you create it. And yeah, guys, that's just three and a half years ago, almost three years ago, actually, I just I couldn't do it anymore. And my body broke me down and went through the depression, built myself back up slowly. And when I say crawled out of bed, I literally had to crawl out of bed after two weeks. Um, and I, I sold everything. I got rid of everything. I gave up my whole identity and I just went to um, Hawaii for for four months. And I lived in a Honda Element with my dog on the beach, camping, releasing, struggling, crying, writing, reading, doing all these things that uh, I never was able to do in the structured lifestyle. Um, and then from that point, returning back to the mainland, I've just been seat of my pants, rebuilding, recreating, expanding uh, the, these visions, this spiritual quest that I'm on and, and just being a conduit and a vessel for, for my mission, which is, is to be here at this moment, at this precise location, sharing with Spence um, my heart, right? And what I'm doing and, and to, to be a catalyst for other people to break free of those structures that we all know and we all feel that is something off. Um, but we need those guides, we need those lights. So um, there's a lot more in between those details, but I feel like overall, that's a good start um, to where I was to where I am at this present moment. I love that story. It sounds very, you know, there's a lot of similarities to my own journey with the getting to the point where you just can't do that anymore. Mm. For me, it was going through this like dual identity um, through university and even in high school where I was like very much turned off spiritually for many years, my teenage years. And as a child, um, had really had this spiritual gift Turn, I'd say like I've probably been oriented to about age five or six where I used to be just like tapping in and like I could talk to trees and like all of this stuff like really switched on and then I just didn't really have any support um, and it was seen as wrong and then it just got internalized and I never understood why I never fit in and now I do because I realized that you know I came here with so much like beautiful heart energy and I knew I was here, like from that connection to the stars and past lives and stuff. I knew that I would like my soul decided that I was going to go through that process of really knowing like internal, internal suffering, even though on paper, you know, most like a lot of kids from a survival standpoint would have looked at me and be like, you actually have it all. It's like, I was, you know, mm -hmm. I never worried about food. Like my dad had a good job. You know, we lived in a nice, safe neighborhood. You know, I skateboarded, I snowboarded, I did all these things. But I had like this massive amount of, you know, opportunity. And here I was completely just internally angry. And it went from being spiritual to being confused to being unbelievably angry. And I, 
you know, being that heart centered person, I like, I never actually lashed out that much. Like I just, you know, I just kind of kept going, but like my brilliance got dimmed and dimmed and mm-hmm. dimmed and I got angry and angry and angrier. And then I had this bit of relief when I was about 17 where source said, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to give you something here. And I fell into playing the drums, like kit drums. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the big like double bass set and my identity really became about, you know, being in bands and like being on the band circuit and practices and writing songs and all this stuff. And then what happened is I, as I left university, I actually was still so angry while doing university and trying to live this dual rocker university life, which was just absolutely was wild, but like was not in alignment at all. And then my ability to play drums got taken away from me. And then I got kicked right into the corporate world, oil and gas. And so here I was just knuckling down doing what I should and spent like three, four years getting really into it and not playing in anger. And just like you, at one point, I just, I literally woke up and said, I can't do this anymore. I don't care about having an apartment or a mortgage or mm-hmm. um, all this obligation from family, um, you know, car payments, the same stuff that you went through. And for me, it really got expressed as um, a similar rite of passage, you know, where you went to Hawaii and just did all this, put yourself through this initiation. Mm. And, uh, for me, it was flying to the end of the earth and the most Southern part of South America like, like, I mean, like the end of it, <laughs> like Antarctica is the next thing and just loaded up a bunch of rice. Cause there wasn't much down there, rice, like literally rice and olive oil and my water filter and just hiked out into the middle of this Island and was, was just there, like just being and existing and, and healing and getting back to connecting and, and away from people. So it's really, it's really interesting that our, our stories had a lot of similar energy. Mm, yeah, I, I'm curious to know is as a kid growing up, did you have a lot of energy? Did you were you ever kind of like a troublemaker, anything like that? Yeah, it's actually pretty. It's a, it's an interesting question for me to reflect on because I actually never really was that much of a of a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really act out that much because I know a lot, you know, it's a theme with a lot of the men that I work with, you know, when there's some repressed anger, or deep anger, a lot of it was acted out or suppressed from, you know, when they were a child. And for me, it's like, I never fought, you know, I always had lots of friends. I, you know, some, like, I think the biggest trigger for an, out, an, uh, an outburst would be at times with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, we had like a very interesting dynamic where I've done a ton of releasing and and healing of the mother wound and the father wound Mm -hmm. as well of course um but yeah like I had a lot of energy throughout uh but it was this underlying current of things weren't good enough it was never enough and it was just it was this very interesting to just experience being this soul who was just like so heart opened and tapped in and knew it and then complete within this reality and then get it completely, completely like taken away by my own doing and the structure. And then this, this huge unwinding and remembering process that still continues to this day at age 31. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Yeah. 
So I'd love to hear a little bit more about Hawaii. Mm -hmm. um, because the reason, the reason I ask this is, you know, we are transitioning with this beautiful energy, this consciousness injections that are coming into the planet. Right. And as was pretty clear, um, I know you're very, in, you know, you're in the spiritual sphere and very tapped in. You know, we talked about it, you know, the ground conjunction, December 21st, like, it's going to be like the rapture, things are just going to change, the energy is going to pick up like crazy. And yes, the energy has picked up like crazy, but you know, we're still going through like the old system. And I, you know, this is what I suspected personally, mm -hmm. just because things don't instantly shift like that mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. And so here we are, you know, we're, we're in recording this in January and there's still this huge three to four to 5d transition going on for, you know, they say there's 8 billion souls on this planet. So we know that there are a lot of men out there who are, you know, they're getting injected with energy. Their consciousness is picking up. They're coming out of this three into the four and, you know, getting ready and preparing and getting glimpses of this 5d. So we know that there are lots of brothers out there who are really starting to do what you and I did. So I yeah. want to explore this subject and, and get some tactical practical from both of us mm -hmm. to support those specific brothers who were drawn to this, this very unique conversation. So if you're open to it, I'd love to just hear more about the experience of your Hawaii, you know, really self-created Mm -hmm. rite of passage mm -hmm. yeah i mean self-created is probably uh, uh, the best terminology for it right it, it, it wasn't a retreat it wasn't a uh wakiki hotel i'm gonna go drink myself away for a few weeks and sit on the beach type of thing right um uh, it, it was all intention i just knew i needed to go to a place that had a lot of energy and I was just called, I've been to Hawaii a few times and I would, for me personally, I was just called home there, right? I, I do feel um, I have had a lifetime or multiple lifetimes there before um, and a certain energy there. So uh, if you've swam in the waters around there, it's a very healing um, water. Um, you know, being in Mexico this last eight months, um, it's a very different type of water there when you're swimming in it in the ocean, right? It's it's a, that's a little bit more masculine. Hawaii is very, very at least Oahu and Maui. The, they have very um, strong feminine, divine feminine vibes. So, kind of conveying to my brothers right right now is that the thing that I had to do was I had to start learn learning how to. Uh, tap into the feminine um, in a way that I had to surrender to the call wherever I was called to. Um, this wasn't a manifest my destiny type of experience, which, you know, was kind of that what men do, right? This is what we're told we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go and create our own world and take what we need. We are natural born leaders and, you know, winners never or quitters never win type of thing. And and, and that can burn us out. So for me in Hawaii was a time for me to just accept and to be held by the energy there um, and to be nurtured back. 
um, to release things. I guess that's the best word I can say is, is to release things that no longer served me. Um, and it was layers, layers and layers of shit that was just like, I had to put on through decades of programming. And sometimes you just need to be so far away from not only what you know, but who you know, you need to be away from those other people, the expectations and to put yourself into a place where, like I said, I, I didn't know anybody out there. I just, I bought a Honda Element once I got out there and I retrofitted it to a camper van. And that's what we did. You know, me and my dog, we just camped around. And a lot of the times it was just like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I know there's still healing to do. And it's a big shift for, for you guys. Um, for, for me, it was to, to get out of the concept of time and getting out of the concept of having to be structured in all the time and to be doing things and just to let go. So I went from an extreme masculine side, extreme overbearing masculine side of, of, of sales to a world of, I, I couldn't just tiptoe in it. I had to fully release and let myself go and swim in water and release and um, just be held in nature and allow myself to be connected to the earth and, and to the time that is the sun up, sun down, not so much, oh, is it eight o'clock? Oh, it's four o'clock. I need to be this place in two hours, really releasing that concept. Um, so yeah, Hawaii for me was a huge place where, you know, and Spence, it's what you said too, you know, your call to energetic places of healing. And that's, that's the best way I can say it to you brothers. It's like, if you're being called to some place that is known for its healing properties, you're being called to let go of this realm, this 3D realm that has been just uh, forced us into this servitude that we just don't really understand or most of the time we're not conscious of. That's absolutely amazing. As soon as you started talking about Hawaii and the feminine energy, I was just thinking that makes sense, right? Like the stronghold of Lumeria, one of the lost mm -hmm. continents yeah. and, and just like a very, very feminine um, type of human being. So that makes perfect sense. I'd love to hear what are, like what, no, let me rephrase that. Like what were some of the big programs that you released during your time in Hawaii? And, and what was it like to do that releasing? Because I know that there are brothers out there who are going through or are about to get initiated into similar releasing processes. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a real great question. Um, let's see. The one thing that first came to my mind was financial, you know, um, concepts of, of what we need to do. And you, you touched on it of having a mortgage and having the safety nets and all that. Um, you know, I went from a highly abundant lifestyle in financial means, um, not spiritual means by any means. I was actually very depressed in that, in that category. Um, and uh, I released when I was there, the concept that I, I had to depend on somebody else for my livelihood. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't creating income while I was there. I was living on a set income, but when you 
when you go from a lifestyle of having something where you're doing $100 dinners and $50 bar tabs to a, a scenario where you're budgeted yourself for $5 a day and you eat incredible food because you're, you're mindful, you're conscious. So, um, you know, I took some of those principles, you know, I, I did the Peace Corps for uh, about three years and I lived on a very small budget. Um, so I was able to kind of re tap into that. So what I really lost, what I was able to like almost unfold out of was that, hey, you need to have somebody else give you money for your time, right? And that that's a, it's a big shift of, of getting out of that concept um, and being able to, to let go. So, and the, the other thing I would say that started for me while in Hawaii was being able to turn it off. Being able to turn off screens, phones, anything and everything and not having to be surrounded by anybody. Um, you know, in a world where you're surrounded with sales and trying to make money and trying to create an income, you know, it, it's a challenge. And I hear you brothers that you're like, oh, well, I live in Chicago. I live in New York and it's $10,000 a month to, to live here. So I got to make money. Yeah, guys, but you choose to live in those areas that cost $10,000 right? Like I chose to, to live in Seattle, which costs so much money and I had to keep up with the rat race. So it, it gave me that perspective of like, you know, maybe it's time for us to rethink, Kev, maybe time for you to rethink how you're, how you're, what you expect out of life. Like, are you, are you, are you creating this money to, to go out and spend it? Or are you creating a lifestyle for you to be in it? Right. So, um, yeah. And you know, the, that's just the tip of the iceberg Spence. Honestly, man, like I feel like the, the healing that started in Hawaii, right? Like it, it's not something that just flicks a switch. Like you were talking about, you know, getting out of the 3d to 5d and it takes time. Um, that's very similar to your own personal journey, but there has to be that moment where you're like enough is enough. I need to escape this current structure. And that's, it's a great way of saying it, right? Like we have to break out of it and that takes energy and it takes a lot of like cojones, if you will, if you want to use that term of faith to, to just get out of that fear-based system. Um, so yeah, it is, it's really just knowing that for me, Hawaii was the beginning of my healing. So it wasn't something I like, I just completely got over, but it was, it was the catalyst for me. It was the catalyst for saying, I, 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 I've created a month or three months here and I've spent less than I would spend in almost in less than a month in living a lifestyle in Seattle. And I'm happier. I, I'm, I'm free. I'm in sunshine. I'm eating fresh fruit every day. I, I'm barefoot most of the time and I'm happy. Right. And like, that's something that I was able to reconnect with was a sense of happiness without the external reward of it right beautiful yeah there <clears throat> there's definitely a few points in here that i want to circle back to but the, sure. the one that's coming through right now is i know there's going to be brothers sitting out there right now who are like this sounds really great kevin mm -hmm. but i feel like i might have missed the boat like you and spence did this multiple years ago before right. we saw the whole covid um, lockdowns all of this stuff 
So what do you say to the brothers who might have some instant doubt slipping in and be falling into potentially using lockdowns and quarantine and all this stuff as, as not going on is mm-hmm. what I see as like extremely, extremely necessary rites of passages, initiations and healings. Like what, what's this brother to do? Get out of his own way, right? Like there, if there's a will, there's a way. And as much as I want to like be supportive and say, well, it will work out when the divine source aligns it. Sometimes you just got to do it. You just got to take that step in faith. Um, and the only difference between, and if somebody's listening to this, the only difference between us is the fact that you're comparing us right now, right? You know, our journey and what we've done, we, I, I don't speak for you, Spence, but I can speak on people who I've seen do it two years before me. And I've talked to people who are maybe like six to 10 years on their spiritual path. And what I've realized and it's helped me release a lot of this, this comparison is I no longer compare my chapter three to somebody's chapter 10, right? So I just allow people to be where they are and know that to start my journey, I have to begin on chapter one and it doesn't matter with time. All right. Awesome. That That's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment and an area I want to explore a little bit deeper here is this, mm-hmm. this, I, I would phrase it as addiction to comparing and quite mm-hmm. frankly, like this is still a, you know, lesser, but a piece that I continue on my own journey to, to work through. And right. it's interesting that we were talking about, talking about Instagram um, earlier and how I had, you know, how I'd had my account taken away for talking about like things that were against community guidelines, yada, yada, yada. And then starting, I had resistance to starting a new account. And then I created my new account and, you know, I, I, you know, didn't really, I started a new email list, didn't have cut off Facebook. So I didn't have a lot of quote unquote lead sources coming in. And there was a moment where I had to catch myself when I was looking at, you know, some of these other leaders names out there who really are crushing it on Instagram Mm. and, found myself comparing like follower numbers but I really look at like this is just a new chapter a complete restart on Instagram like of course you're not going to have 30,000 followers right off the get-go but you can see how these patterns can creep in if you're not if we're not if we're not mindful if we're not coming from that heart-centered place and just checking ourselves like are we in a moment of comparison are we in judgment Mm -hmm of our chapter one or our chapter three against some other man's chapter 10. Right. right. So it's a, it's really, it's really, you know, it's interesting to see how it shows up. And I love the transparency of, of the men that come on this show, just saying, Hey, it's like, we're not fully in the five D a hundred percent enlightened masculine leaders. Uh-huh. To me, what makes, what really creates a new earth masculine leader is having that level of consciousness to know that there's always more to grow. Like you can always raise your frequency. Mm -hmm. It's not about being like this hundred percent pure, like source energy that knows itself fully. Um, You can expect that. I imagine as you continue to, you know, up level your frequency and dimensions and all that kind of stuff. But here and now in this earth plane, like there's always 
there's always room for expansion. There's always little things, little traps of the matrix that are going to come up and say, hey, are you going to you're going to give your energy away? Or are you going to have it siphoned away by comparing followers or comparing um, our journey to your journey? Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's very, you know, it's very interesting. And like, we're in the work here, brother. Like we're, this is, this is the work, right? It's like the daily commitment to checking yourself when it comes to comparison, when it comes to judgment, when it comes to whatever aspect you're looking to upgrade. Yeah. And like, that's kind of the catch 22 of, of, of social media, right? It is the whole goal is where we, we were sent here to, to project a message, you know, mm-hmm. to, 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 to share what we've gone through. And we have this internal desire to manifest that on a expanded out on a greater level, right? It's because spirit, spirit always desires expansion, right? And those who are more in touch with spirit, this is why we desire to go really quickly and we desire to, to have others hear us more. And this is why we take, you know, our Fridays that we could have been enjoying outside in a sunny day uh, or like by a fireplace and drinking coffee for ourselves. And we choose that we want to expand. We want, we want our message to get out more. Um, and I was talking to you earlier, Spence, about, you know, what I see is social media. There's, there's three different layers I see of it right now. Um, one is consumption, one is creation, and one is communication and connection. Um, and there, if you are a purely enlightened being and you're in this 5D all the time, you're not going to be on Instagram, right? You're going to be just astral projecting around the world, bringing in millions of dollars without that, you know, it's just a whole nother level. So if we can start being real with each other and knowing that what we're sharing is an attraction, right? Like it's a frequency. We are putting out energy because we want others who feel that energy to come in and ask questions. For me, I feel like I'm a, a question master. Like I want people to ask me questions so I can help guide them in certain ways. Um, I can't be in service though, if I'm not getting any questions, right? So you're talking about email lists and all this is like, we do have this desire to help. We do have this desire to leverage social media. And those who have these large followings, right? They've gotten to a level where the message that they put out is consistent and they've sacrificed, right? It's a sacrifice to, to give up some time and energy uh, to help other people. It's not something you just sit by. I'm like, I'm just going to change the world right now. You really got to put in the work. And what I've learned, what helped me switch out of this kind of comparison, ego focused mindset, I'm with you, Spence, dude. I, I honestly do slip into it from time to time also. And that's natural, right? Because um, we can check ourselves. But what's helped me is realize that I don't know what they've done, right? I don't know the work that they've put in. I, I only see the tip of the iceberg. You don't see all the long hours. You don't see the pain that they went through. You don't see, you know, um, you know, for my, one of my mentors, for example, you know, a lot, like 10 times the amount of following, 10 times the amount of money, 10 times the amount of impact, but you don't see the extra six years he put into it right? We just see the instant results, you know, like the Beatles, how many times did they play, you know, before they were actually found, you know, it's, it's these concepts that 
when we start being real with each other and saying it takes effort, it takes time, and it, and it takes a lot of heartache to, to get through this. And it's, you know, when you, you're shooting off a rocket into, into the orbit, right? You need the most energy and you need the most fuel um, to get out of the atmosphere. But once you're out of the atmosphere, you can just float along and you can just really just be seen. So that's what I see, Spence. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I resonate with all of that. And it, it brings up this, this new approach, I'll call it, um, you know, Spence's Instagram 2.0 mm-hmm. approach after building up an account to, I don't know, like a little over 10k followers, lost that, whatnot. Um, and since it's been kind of this blessing where, you know, I was off, I was really off of Instagram for six months. I was you know, allocating my, you know, one of my most precious resources, my time mm-hmm. in other, in other areas. And then when I came back, I, I really had this approach and I think this is a great approach for really anyone who has social media, any sort of coach, healer, guide, mentor, anyone with a business who's going through something like this, whether you're starting or whether you're transitioning to new platforms. I know there's a lot of movement going on right now to new platforms um, where people are recreating recreating audiences and it's it's difficult to migrate audience to other other platforms when people are addicted to the facebook and instagram um you know i'm going through this process of building this this amazing masculine leadership development platform on on telegram right now and you know it's you're kind of like hurting ants to get men to, to, to get over. But what I've, what I've realized with this social media 2.0 is on a personal level, like I, I have a much higher frequency if I spend like, you know, 30 minutes or an hour max between my platforms. And I spend like 20, 30 minutes, like actually working on my frequency like mm-hmm. sitting down and, you know, connecting in with my quantum higher self and like, you know, projecting out the, the person who's, you know, has like a thousand followers and whatever the email is here, here and there, I'm getting really specific about it, but rather than actually just put like on the computer going for two or three hours, which I know literally drains my life force energy. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's not, it's not my most expansive way to contribute to the collective consciousness. Flip that over to 30 minutes or an hour. You know, I work with my, my VA to help quite a bit as well to take myself out even further and into the space of what really matters for me is the actual content creation you know, getting on all these podcasts with amazing men and then sitting there on my freaking yoga mat and and working with the quantum field and working with all of these other dimensions that are available to me and bringing that in you know the manifestation the mm-hmm. key focus and intention and then the aligned action and for me like the aligned action with all of the different projects and you know developments that I'm working on and techniques and whatever i know that 3 hours of crushing social media each day is not aligned action for me. That's actually going to detract from the energy and I have less results and less people reaching out and less people asking questions when I put that extra amount of time in. Now, this might not be for everyone, but the point I'm making here is whatever you're looking to create in your life and you're listening to this out there, brother, 
it's very important to look at well, what is what what is my actual frequency and state mm. while I am doing things? Like, am I doing a task or am I being that task? And for me, I know right away when I hit that three hour mark on social media, I am not being on social media. I am doing. I am caught up in like algorithms and mm -hmm. like just going through the scroll and you know that's where the comparison comes in and just getting bogged down and thinking about like it, what what is the point like is this growing is da 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 and when i say hey no like i'm going to focus on my frequency and one of the ways i do that is like with a really powerful quantum technique and i'll do that for half an hour and then come into the social media vortex because it is a vortex yeah and really like just be totally in my like my king energy my warrior energy put out something great uh, take some, you know, have some simple processes because that's a thing that works really well for me when it comes to social media or business or honestly anything, morning habits, whatever, have just like simple processes that you know work for you and just, just like that, that get it done, right? Like that's the, that's where these simple processes can really support you as you come in with this high frequency and then boom, you can fall into that masculine energy of focus, get it done. And then shift away back into things that I know are going to be even more potent to my human experience than typing on a computer. Right. Right. Yeah. That's great awareness. I mean, again, you're, you're getting out of that initial realm of needing to consume. Right. And we can slip into that easily. Why? Because it's called Instagram for a reason, right? It's an addictive tool that you know majority of people get used by um so it's 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 a, it's a dopamine fix it's everything we all know these things um and i think what you're getting at spence is it's just the quantity or quality what are you going for with with your with your intention what's your intention behind social media um some people they they desire to have a hundred thousand followers they you know, and that's their role, right? That's their desire. Um, so when we can let go of the comparison by saying, cool, that's how they do it. Cool. I'm just going to get in my quantum field for a little bit and allow whatever message I put out, even if it's liked by 10 people, I know that's going to resonate deeper on that level than somebody who posts something that gets a hundred thousand likes and they're all just casual people, right? There's no energy behind it. Um, so it really does depend on what intention are you setting and what is your goal? And back to that masculine setup is, you know, preparing yourself for that. Um, so you don't just go in and be like, oh, I'm just going to check Facebook today. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to just see what's on the gram right now. Yeah. Two hours later, you're like, where did those two hours go? I feel like my energy just got sucked out because it did. Right. Yeah, that's beautiful. And we're going to, we're going to transition, but I want to put just a, another bow on this. And this came through one of my mentors, Ryan Yakomi of the soul wealth podcast. Shout out to Ryan. If any of your brothers aren't following that podcast, definitely check it out. It's super potent. I think it's got over a million downloads or something like that, but he, I was discussing this with him and he made a really good point. And he said, Hey, if you have, you know, a hundred followers or a thousand followers or whatever, 
if that was an in-person event Ooh, where like people that. were were coming to you would you really be putting the same level of projection against those 30 or 50 or 100 followers just because they are online versus in front of you mm. and that that changed the game for me and it immediately made me realize it's like well where else in my life and reality am i projecting that similar energy of not enoughness and it really was like it was a good a good little journey to go down that rabbit hole and notice like where else that kind of projective energy show is showing up mm, yeah man it's it's a great reflection for sure i love that concept of of treating it as if they were in person because they are a person or they are people that, that's a great way of looking at it mm-hmm so I know when we kicked off this episode, we were talking about water consciousness. We briefly dove into it, talked about you know, the feminine versus masculine waters mm -hmm. uh, of different places on earth, which I think is a really quite a beautiful concept that I hadn't, you know, I've known, but I haven't really, now that I'm, you know, reflecting back, it's, it's interesting because I'm just thinking of some lakes I do or did and will continue to do a lot of um, like polar dipping, Wim Hof kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you said that, I'm like, okay, so the lake I'm moving to, is that more of a masculine energy or a feminine energy? So I absolutely love that piece. But let, let's go a little bit deeper. Like we yeah. talk about different types of consciousness a lot on this show. And we talk about collective conscious, we talk about universal consciousness, oneness consciousness, and quite often, I talk about the sacred four elements a lot. And for me, these elements were our literal energies there. They have their own consciousness. They have their own meaning. They have their own messages, characteristics, and they have their own forms such as masculine versus feminine. So let's explore what this consciousness of water actually is. So when did you first start really being aware that water has a consciousness mm, all great questions and yeah um yeah so zooming out is like the consciousness right let's define that real quick for people because it, it does we hear it a lot right so in this context guys we're just talking consciousness of what's a, what are we aware of right what are we actually physically aware of at this moment of time with water right so for me I've always been tuned in to health. Um, you know, I was even as a kid, you know, my parents did the co-op thing and, and, you know, I, I had gluten-free products before gluten-free products were actually tasty and they were like cardboard, nasty, terrible things. Um, and then it kind of translated to the water, you know, I, I, I'd always have a Brita filter or I'd, I'd always be, you know, conscious of water, but you know, uh, the water I drank, but I always had was called to water. Like I always loved swimming in lakes, oceans. I liked basking at, like in looking and, and being serene with, but being inside of, or like in the oceans, that's, that's a lot of energy in there. And if you ever like been in an ocean, like uh, with a lot of other creatures that are there, there, there's some energy there. Um, so back to your question, it was like, okay, so what is water consciousness and why, how did I start tuning into it? Right. Um, so I started tuning into the water when I started, when I changed the water that I was consuming. 
that was a big shift for me is when I started becoming aware of the fact that I was drinking water that was not only toxic, we all know these things. We know the majority of the water in the US is shit. We all know, we all are you know, somewhat aware of these things, but are we aware of like structured water? Are we aware of water that's actually created to be exactly like, or like to replicate water that is from the earth? And water from the earth, to kind of dive into the masculine and feminine waters, any water that's from Gaia, from, from source, right? We call this source water, structured water. And that source water is going to be feminine. It's healing. It's healing water. So anything from natural springs, um, lake water, you know, thinking from the ground up, right? And then if you want to talk about the masculine waters, masculine waters are going to be the water that comes from the sky. Rainwater is masculine. It's the young water. It's, you know, whereas the yin is going to be that healing balanced water that is, again, is that feminine energy. Um, so a lot of people are like, what do you mean male and feminine, right? Um, you know, masculine and feminine. And that's that's the best breakdown I can give right now on, on the difference between a feminine source of water and a masculine source of water. Um, and then for me, my consciousness began when I started consuming um, structured living water, water that is like living water from Gaia. You know, it's it's not this this water that's packaged into bottles. Um, and when you start looking at water from mm, a, a lens of a lens of consumption, right? That's the lens we're used to looking at that. Okay. I drink, did you, did you Spencer, did you drink your eight glasses of water today? Did, did this person drink their water today? Did you have some water today? You know, that is just assuming that all water is the same, right? As we know, uh, people who are more aware with food, right? You know, there's dead food and there's living food, right? We want to avoid the processed foods. We want to avoid the foods that, you know, have the low vibration, the low frequency, and what we're awakening to, what I awoken to almost two years ago was that water um, has this property and it's so fundamental, yet we're so um, misguided on it. We're so too focused on diets. We're too focused on food. We're too focused on, you know, getting certain things into our body, but we're not realizing we're not, uh, you know, having the conversations that, you know, by science, we're 75% water, you know if you look at it in a spiritual way, like, you know, in the Bible, it's one of the most quoted words is, is, is water. And so consciousness for water, consciousness for water is becoming aware of what you're putting into your body. What are you consuming um, that you are 75% of, right? And when I started changing the water that I was drinking, then I started learning more. I became more interested. I started finding more things where things found me, whichever way you want to describe it. And, you know, when I switched to a plant-based diet about three years ago, um, I felt like my consciousness shifted. However, when I switched my water, I can't, it's, it's something almost hard to explain. It's something you have to feel the, the level of consciousness and spirituality and growth and expansion that I have and healing, most importantly, healing that I've gone through uh, is, is just unbelievable because I switched the water and I became conscious of the fact that I want to put in 
the, the most healing water into my body, right? I want to put the best things into my body. And I was neglecting that for so long because I wasn't conscious of it, right? I was, I was just, I was only conscious of the level of, I was drinking Trader Joe's, I was drinking Essentia, I was drinking alkaline water, sure. But I wasn't realizing, well, what actually is, what's those water molecules like? Are they structured? Is it, is it alkaline is, or is it alkalized? You know, there, there's so many things about water that people are just starting to wake up to. And, you know, for me to begin my, my water consciousness was that I asked myself the same thing I did with my food. Is this water dead or is this living? Is this hurtful or is this healing? And when I started looking at water in that lens, I started really, really tuning in more and more. And um, that's when my, my consciousness shift and my whole lifestyle honestly got switched upside down from going, kind of figuring out what, what is it am I supposed to do to understanding that I'm here to, to, to bring this consciousness, this type of particular consciousness to not only my brothers, but also my sisters out there who are just, you know, dehydrated, you know, over 75% of the population is dehydrated, um, chronically dehydrated. And, and you, when you start looking at what effects are from dehydration, tiredness, you know, low energy, lack of connection, always in the fight or the flight or fight mode, always reacting, fearful. These are all signs of dehydration. And um, yeah, so so my consciousness is, is at a level of like just expansion, not right now of it. And um, I'm just, just grateful to be able to share that here and, and to dive deep. So, you know, if you have any follow-ups on those, Spence, I'm always happy to dive deeper into a particular thing. Yeah, this is such an important conversation. It really is going to be one of the defining conversations, I would say, of the next decade when it comes to uh, people's spiritual ascension and honestly, continual thrival and survival on this earth. Because yeah. you're right, like water is extremely precious. Why is it precious? Because at, in this form, we need it to survive. It's like, Base, one of the most basic things that we require. And this is a really, this is a divine timing to have this conversation. Now, I was really fortunate growing up uh, in the sense that, like, I always knew that there was consciousness in water, even if I didn't know what the word consciousness mm -hmm. was. And I, this really got expressed as me being a kid out hiking with my my dad we used to go on lots of hikes and we lived in um, a, a beautiful part of canada where you know you could literally access amazing mountains every like every weekend so we would go and i would always have this attraction to jumping into the stream or the river or the lake and they're they're really they're cold in canada like they are get real cold and i would do it in you know before they froze over i do it in the summer I just loved it. And for me, it wasn't even so much about swimming around in this cold water, but it was like this literal jumping in and experiencing that immersion reflex, which I came to know that's what it's called. And then getting out. And then 10 minutes later, when my body had heated itself up, just feeling amazing. And <laughs> you can imagine, I, I shared with you where 
I share with the brothers out there that, you know, I had a lot of anger and frustration. And yet this was a practice I continued to do because it was more than a dopamine hit. It was mm-hmm. literally a reminder connection of my divinity being expressed through the water consciousness. And then the subsequent interaction with, you know, the, the different bodies, including my physical. Right. And I kept doing this and we, you know, we had the Brita growing up too. So I was a little bit exposed to that. And I always used to think when I would be in high school and, you know, they take us to the water treatment facility in Calgary, Alberta, which honestly for a water treatment facility of a million person city is actually really, you know, like it's pretty, it's pretty good in the sense that you can drink out of the tap and it's dead, but you're not going to get arsenic or any mm. shit like that. And I remember thinking, but what happens when they pump this water across to the other side of the city through mm. old copper tubes and yep. through metal tubes and through plastic PVC, that's definitely not food grade. And right. then it sits and all of this stuff. And I just remember thinking like, this is, this is not great. And when I realized that, I literally stopped drinking tap water, like no Brita filter, nothing. Mm. And just started bottling my own water. And it was beautiful because it really brought what I would call now, I wouldn't say it's an addiction, but I would say it's an obsession of when I travel or when I come to new places, I always research with the locals, like, is there a freshwater spring? Mm -hmm. And it's brought me on such a beautiful discovery of different places because you know up in up here in Canada like a lot of the springs like yeah they're like rivers and there's so much abundant water here but you know they're pipes that have been hammered into a little rock rock fall like just off the side of the highway or off some back road and it's been such a beautiful a beautiful journey to find these springs and then to literally get activated by this this yeah. naturally structured water Right. that I would then be consuming. And it then brought me to this awareness of when I started realizing that these beautiful springs, you know, a thousand miles apart or 500 miles apart, or even 20 miles apart, kilom- I'm saying that, I'm saying miles because I know you're in the States, uh-huh. um, kilom- kilometers for the rest of us up here in mm-hmm. Canada. And I would notice that they had different tastes. And then I would start noticing that I felt different off of them, even though they were both making me feel freaking amazing. Mm. I could feel like the different levels of feminine energy. And I might not have been t- saying masculine feminine. This is more of a reflection, but some, some of the waters would really charge me up and make me want to go, you know, do something like masculine, go, go for a run or right. put on a backpack and hike. And then other waters I'd have. And then for, you know, I'd fill up, you know, X amount of gallons, like, at least like five, like big, you know, big um, plastic things full. And then I'd be all mellow for two weeks because of the, because of the water having like a feminine kind of energy and I'd be creating. And, and it, it's really interesting to reflect that. And then I continued and I, you know, I do that, do this to this day. And I'm looking forward to hitting the local spring when I get out of, you know, quote unquote mandated quarantine here in Canada, having returned, but looping it back to why this is relevant to this conversation is when we flew down to Nicaragua and I was telling you about, uh, this beautiful leader that I spent some time with, Justin Lofton, who we're going to have on the, the podcast in the near future. He is like, he is big into water. He has like one of the biggest online, um, online, like, I guess they sell like all the pumps and the filters and everything from more industrial rate right down to 
you know, stuff that they have network marketing guys tied in with. So he like really knows the spectrum. And when we got there, he had what this machine he invented called the quantum water machine, mm-hmm. which essentially was um, a pump that would pump this water that he had taken down to like pretty much zero parts per million, not much in there because it's Nicaragua. Like a lot of that water is, is pretty freaking dead. And then he would put it in it and run it overnight and he'd run it through this, this structuring device. And I remember the first sip I had of this and I literally felt my spiritual channels up level even more. Like yeah. I felt a huge activation release. Like I felt my DNA change and I was like, holy. And we started talking about the life force of water, right? The consciousness, the prana, the chi of yeah. this specific element. And at that moment, I was like, wow, this is, this is like at times, like even more, I would say like even more activating than drinking out of a stream straight. And it's difficult to compare because of the energies, but the way that it had been like intentionally double, double helixed and turned like turned over all night, like Mm -hmm. just was, it, it, it almost, it honestly felt like, like a euphoric drug would like, it was like almost like, you know, if anyone ever has experimented with like pure MDMA or something out there, where you get like this huge, like intentional heart opening. And it was just from sipping this water. And then I spent a month drinking this water. And now I'm back here with all my parts on order and I'll be building my structured water quantum machine and then running it through with this already structured water from the mountain. So needless to say, I'm quite excited. And I have notice like how dehydrated I am after five weeks of drinking this water and then coming back to Canada where you know it's it's pretty cold right now where I am and it's dry and I like I'm drinking water out of the tap here which you know it's not gonna it's not gonna poison you but I literally can't hydrate myself like I'm constantly dehydrated drink six liters my body's like ah this is not structured water it's not going to enter your cells properly Right. I mean, and that, that's, it's, it's not so much the structured water that that's the, that enters your cells. It's, is it micro clustered? And so, um, that's, that's a thing with, I haven't heard of the quantum water before, but I'm all about anybody who's out there who's, who's sharing the water consciousness. Um, so yes, structured living water is so impactful. So you want to make sure that it's structured. Um, and what that means, guys, is that we all we all are familiar with water and, and we've heard it even in like, um, what's that move? Frozen. Water has memory, right? So you were mentioning that, you know, some of the water that you were drinking would give you like this burst of energy. And then some of this water you would drink would make you like really relaxed. Well, it's because the water is coated. Right, it's coded for uh, with a certain blueprint. It has memory, so even if you go to this water treatment plant, whatever is put in it, even if it's not arsenic, anything, it goes through those pipes. What happens is it holds memory. It becomes unstructured, and you start drinking it, and you start becoming anxious. You start becoming deflated you start becoming all these things because why is like the water whatever it goes through it holds 
right? So on a spiritual level, what structured living, living water does, especially stuff that's micro clustered, it's going to penetrate your cells. So, right. The big thing that I want you guys to tune into about water is cellular hydration, right? We, we really need to start thinking about water that penetrates our cells on a, you know, in a cellular level and think of it this way, everybody, um, your, your cells, they have a membrane, right? And it, it needs, things need to penetrate your membrane, the cell membrane to actually hydrate your cells. The vast majority of water, uh, even some structured water guys will not absorb into your cells because the molecules are too large, right? So what needs to happen is that these molecules need to be micro clustered. They need to be ionized. So what happens is through a process of electrolysis, that's just a fancy name for being electrified. So through that process, the, the molecules actually shrink down, right? It becomes micro clustered and they can actually penetrate a cell's membrane and it gets into your cell. Why is it important for water to get into our cells, right? That's a question I hear a lot. Is because 60% of the healing that needs to happen is within our cells. Where is our DNA located? Our DNA is located in our cells. So you may be able to drink some water and feel good on the outside and go for a run when you're getting that spring water. And that's great. And guys, I always access the water where you can and with what you're capable of doing. Um, but that's only 40% of the healing. The true healing happens when you can actually get inside your DNA, right? When water can actually hydrate your DNA. And that happens when that micro clustered water can penetrate your cells and get in there right? And it's going to code your cells. It's going to start recoding that broken DNA. What's really interesting, guys, if you want to dive deeper into what DNA is held by, can you guess it? Structured water, right? So if we start looking more at the water and quantum computers, water is the quantum computer on how much memory can actually hold. So on the science side of things, we really want to focus on uh, getting that, that water. Again, this is, guys, this is if you have the capacity, right? The vast majority of us, you know, I would say Spence and I are very blessed to be in situations where we can order certain things, right? That we, ha we have this awareness and that Spence is able to, to build a quantum, you know, computer, uh, water system. That's amazing, right? But just know, guys, there are options out there on different levels. So your consciousness can rise with water, with getting what's available to you, what is easily accessible at the time. So, yeah, the, the three main things to be focused in on your water, guys, is, is what, how much water are you, not how much water are you drinking, but how much can you absorb, right? And that comes through with micro clustering. So absorption, you want to really focus on the uh, antioxidants. So, you know, uh, a lot of water is dead water. It doesn't have any life force. Why? Because it's stripped. So just be cautious, anybody who's buying filters, right? Filters do a great job of removing the good thing or the bad things out of the water, but it also removes the life force, the minerals. I know a lot of people have to put re put minerals back in their water because their filters taking it out right and then the last part is you want to make sure it is an alkalized state you want to make sure the water is alkalized with a z right not with an alkaline why because alkaline water is just baking soda so if you look at any bottled water that you're buying from 
you know, a uh, store and you get it in an alkaline state. It says pH 9.5, 9.0, 8.5 Essentia's out there. Guys, it's a giant scam. If you look at the, the label, it's just sodium bicarbonate and that's baking soda. So what happens is it changes it in a chemical change. So just be cautious, everybody on that. Be conscious of our consumerism with when it comes to water. So um, those are the three things I really like to share with people on, on the more scientific thing. And like we're, Spence was sharing the spirituality, guys, if you really want to have a shift in your consciousness, a shift in your ability to manifest and create and to be more free, you need structured living water, that healing water in you. You, you need to consume that stuff and that will help get you to a certain point. Um, that it took, I don't know how long it took you, Spence, to find that water, but it took me a long time um, in my journey. Um, and that can really take you into new, new realms. So yeah, thanks for, for letting me share uh, that little tidbit of water. Yeah, I appreciate the, the science as well. I know there's a lot of brothers out there and that that potent masculine energy mm -hmm. being like let's uh let's let's drill down into some of that and to those men as well i really encourage you to go in and look at that you know that feminine approach to to water and spirituality as well which may be as simple as going down to the lake or to the creek or to the ocean and just putting your feet in it maybe you're jumping right in and then just tapping into your heart and mm -hmm feeling what's actually coming through because there's there's a huge opportunity for pranic transfer life force transfer through you also being intentionally open to absorbing that life force through like through your skin obviously you want to hydrate with the structure and the quantum and all of these great things we've been talking about that's super key there's also huge potential healing benefits not only on a physical level but also on opening your spiritual fields and really realigning things like your chakras by going out and utilizing and harnessing some of these elements. It's like there's tribes in North America, you know, on the coast where when, when you were coming into manhood or you were going through some sort of initiation or some sort of cleansing, like you went out to the beach and you stayed in the water up to your shoulders for multiple days and you walked in and out or you swam in and out with the tides. Well, why would they do that? Obviously to test yourself, but they were doing that and going through that initiation because of the huge amount of prana that is available to you if you choose to use it. Um, the ocean particularly, massive amounts of prana moving, lots there, big lakes as well, big bodies of water. And of course, you can always you, know, you can always go and really be intentional with your local stream or your local creek. Glaciers can be really amazing places if you have access to them as well. And quite frankly, like honestly, you can you can go out and use your hose in your backyard. And if you truly believe that there is there is prana there to be drawn, even if it's coming out of a hose, like you're going to be getting more benefits um, from that practice than if you don't do it at all. It's just like men who, you know, work with intentionally with water coming out of the shower. Like how amazing with this is, you don't even have to go and add another, you know, another thing to your to-do list. You're already showering. So what if you started utilizing 
the, the water and the energy and the prana coming out of your shower with a lot more intention, closing your eyes, yeah. feeling one specific drop running down your arm, getting to know the intimacy of that, that single drop. Or what about the cleansing downward motion, just like you're standing under a waterfall? Obviously, the prawn is a little bit different in your shower, but still, mm -hmm. that intention is there. The only real limitation is you know, your, your, your imagination and your intention. If you go into that to be healed from that water coming through, regardless of if it's structured or not, you will receive benefit. And if you're doing these things in a structured environment and dropping into these, these, these flow states within water in your shower, well, how... Like how much are you going to quantum leap your consciousness if you then have a technique and you practice and then you go out to the local waterfall or you make a trip with your buddies to the ocean? All of the sun, you're going to see huge and more importantly than seeing, you're going to feel massive amounts of spiritual opening from this practice. So I really encourage you brothers out there to start exploring what water consciousness means to you. Now, if you want to go super deep into this, reach out to Kevin. He's going to drop his links at the end. I'm sure he'll be able to take you to all of the depths that you desire when it comes to getting this um, true hydration and, and basically spiritual, spiritual life force mm. into you. And go out and start working with water and elements and these other different ways of consciousness. And just know that water consciousness is it's no it's no greater it's no less than you are as a sovereign expression right now you're literally equal with it like this is some of the journey that men are taking and humanity's taking right now to wholeness unity unity consciousness knowing that 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 water that's sitting in your glass is you yeah. and you are it there is no separation yeah it's it, quite a go ahead oh i was just just going to double down on that man and and like brothers like working with water for for almost two years and being in a lot of water based like expansive communities guys i'm going to share it's 97 percent our sisters out there talking about it and if it makes you feel a little woo wooey right if this is something that seems a little out of your comfort zone guys it's because we're programmed to make it out of our comfort zone we are really this is an opportunity for brothers out there who who desire to really become more spiritual but sometimes feel like they don't know how to step into it water is one of the things that connect us all right there's so many people who do reiki there's so many people who do this or that in the different you know in the spiritual realm but to, to have this water language like how spence and i can flow it's so accessible it's so accessible and you can come from the science world. Most of the brothers that I, I coach and, and I have with, with me and my groups, I, I start with the science. Why? Because it's logical, right? And we can process it a little earlier and quicker. And then we get into the spiritual side of things, guys. So if any of this started making you feel like you felt something like you're, you're interested, but at the same time, it seems a little woo wooey, it's okay right? We felt the same way. I'm sure like we always knew something was there, but we didn't know how to articulate it. And having this awareness, this consciousness, guys, you have the power now. You guys have the power to know that there's something going on with water. And you have the power to, to take that step and say, okay, I want to learn more or to be in that cave 
of, okay, well, I'm going to continue to drink tap water. Because guys, if you stay in that cave, you, you're not going to be able to expand and create a lifestyle that you're worthy of if you're in a dehydrated mindset or a dehydrated spiritual state. So thank you again, Spence, for having me and allowing me to, to, to share some of these things and just being aligned with you, brother. Like I, I'm so grateful to, uh, to, to have another uh, masculine world out there to tap into and to share these water codes with. Yeah, you're certainly welcome, brother. I received that. Just wanted to do a quick time check here because I, I can keep jamming. If you are, I want to be respectful of your time, though. Yeah, I have about 15 minutes or so. I'm happy if, you, if there's any other like cool. follow-up questions or something else deeper you want to dive into. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wrap it up in 10. So where I want to take this now is still on this water train, and we were just sharing about the ability to get into this from a spiritual and scientific, you know, a, on a physical level, literally increasing your performance in everything you do. I know men out there, we want to increase our performance. We want to be faster, stronger, more dialed in, more connected, and then the spiritual side. So let's look at this from a bit more of a control standpoint, because okay. we're coming out of this illusion right now as we transition into higher frequencies and a lot of these systems um, social systems government systems all these systems are being exposed and we go pretty deep on some of the more you know people might say conspiracy theory i say conspiracy fact but we're not going to go down like the who the who's actually doing the controlling i want to stay a little more focused here but from a spiritual standpoint like, wouldn't it make sense if you wanted to keep people controlled, if you wanted to keep the slave system going, a very powerful way to do this would be to diminish the amount of water and the quality of water and the type of water that is coming into people's bodies. Look at places like Africa where, you know, they actually have a lot of water and we have the technology that that water could be accessed. But if you wanted to keep a continent in continual, perpetual poverty for exploitation of resources, doesn't it make it sense that you would say there's no way to get this water or there's no water or you only have that? Well, logically, I would say so. Well, what happens if you want to control a massive populace like the U.S.? Well, what level, like what level of control over people being caught in the rat race and not in their spiritual state, not at their highest performance, could be achieved by pumping water through pipes, by putting fluoride in water as they still yeah. do, by not cleaning it, by not making it basic government standard for when you build a new house or you retrofit a house that one of these quantum machines or these certain types of machines come standard. Like people aren't saying they're people don't buy a house if they don't look under their sink and see this thing already in line. Right. And they're coming out like that. That could be just like, it's pretty standard. You come in, you buy a house in North America, you have a toilet in there and you have a front door. Well, why, why isn't the most basic thing water at this level well of course because it's it's seen as a control and we can see this in the forthcoming water wars like this is something that we're hardly talking about right now mm. is the essential the essential requirement of water like look at california 
not a lot of water. Well, what's going to happen if they don't continue to produce water there? You're going to see migrations because people have never been able to live effectively if they can't get their basic water needs met. Why do you think if you look at something like, you know, the Bedouins in various um, countries in the Middle East, well, why do you think they're very spread out? Why do you think the tribes are very small and have been for millennia? Because they can't access tons of water to support huge populations. So this is not only something that's going on on your personal level, in your home, but this is something that is a literal global issue, a global thing to be very cognizant of as we move forward, especially if you live in a place where you don't already have access to large quantities of, of water. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're hitting every, every point. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. It, it's the question is, it's not about hunger, right? Because what, what do you need to grow food? You need water. Mm -hmm. It all comes from scarcity, right? There's this belief out there that there is a finite amount of water. There's this perpetuated program belief to say that there's not enough water, that there's a lack. First off, there's no such thing as lack in this universe, right? Like that is just a program to keep us in that fear state. So, you know, when it comes to the U.S. water, we're all well aware of fluoride, right? At least people who are outside of the U.S. are aware of fluoride. Most people in the U.S. don't know that fluoride's in their water. They, they don't realize it, de it calcifies their pineal gland. The vast majority of people don't even know what their pineal gland does or where it is or what it, you know, how it operates. So for me, one of my first experiences with, with you know, having this living structured water in my body was I felt my pineal gland decalcifying. I was mm. able to be more intuitive and I started becoming more aware of everything. So the, the, you make a great point on saying, okay, well, why, why, why doesn't the, you know, certain governments or why don't we have these things in our households? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's because they don't want us to have clear pineal glands. They don't want us to, to, to be able to flow with water and to be able to connect with it and to be able to program our own waters so that we can receive abundance, why would they want that, right? So, you know, there's a lot of names for those, those that control group out there, right? And like, like you, like we don't need to go into those topics for this discussion, but we, we have to be aware that there are those who desire to keep a vast majority, if not 98% of us under their thumb to keep us dumb, stupid, and ignorant. Why? It's because it's easy to keep us controlled. And like you said, Spence, what's the best way to control people, right? It's through channels, it's through water, it's through, through programming. And so what they do is they not only program us with television, they not only program us with radio, media, social media, uh, news stations, they program the water. So you were talking about water treatment centers. Look at the word, treatment center <laughs> right it's becoming aware that there's facilities out there that poison the water that kill the water and then they give it back to us so whenever you flush down something it goes into the pipe 
all those right angles, breaks up the molecules, anything that goes along with it, not just the piping, but also all the chemicals that are poured into it. They say the pharmaceutical drugs are people putting the pharmaceuticals into the water, but do you really believe that? Or is it something a little bit larger that when you mm-hmm. actually look at the water that comes out of the sink and, and Spence, this is not just the sink water. This is your shower. And this is what you mm-hmm. wash your clothes with. This is everything, yep. anything that we're not aware <laughs> of. Hey, puppy dog. It's okay. Thank you. Come here. Come here, bud. Um, it, it's the, when we shower, we actually absorb, uh, like, I think it was like three liters of water mm-hmm, mm-hmm. through our skin. So when we're talking about like water and like how it permeates our bodies and our lives, that's a great angle of like, okay, now we're aware that there's controlling powers out there, but what we're missing out on Spence is the other side of it is the commercialism of it. We're Mm -hmm. missing out and we're not talking about why are there, why do they charge us these bottled waters for a dollar? Why, why, why do they charge us for an unlimited source? That is our, our natural birthright. Yep. That is majority municipal water over 80% of the water. I think 75 to 80% of the water that's bottled is actually municipal water. What does that mean? It means it's from the tap. So there is a, a, multi, multi, multi billion dollar industry out there to confuse you to say, okay, well, yeah, don't drink out of your tap water, but here have the bottle water, which is actually tap water that we bottled for you. Right. And then, you know, all the billions of, of bottles that go into our landfills, not even our landfills, our waters, our streams, our, our neighbors hoods. So, and I just really want to zoom back into that guys. The best way brothers to to take our control back is by being conscious consumers. You can speak with your tweets. You can speak with your, with your words, but that's not going to change anything until you stop consuming these bottled waters. Until you stop consuming this tap water that's bad for you. You have to start putting your money, investing your money, your currency, right? There's a reason for these words, guys that, you know, they call them river banks, banks with money i can go down the rabbit hole with like the law of the sea and how that actually controls most of the world which is ruled by the vatican let's oh, let's do that on another episode that's a whole I'm other like, episode my man with I, so, i'd love to have you back to go down that rabbit hole though because yeah that, that's something i've been exploring as well yeah and that's all about personal sovereignty so let's just go back to personal sovereignty and this is a topic that me and my community we really do preach is like Sovereignty is taking your own personal welfare into your own hands, financial, physical, spiritual, all of these things. Stop blaming the boogeyman. Stop blaming these quote unquote reptilians that are controlling everything. Like, yeah, we get it. There's things out there that are like trying to control the vast majority of us. But if you start taking those steps into your faith and start investing your currency, that energy because money is energy. That's why it's called a current, right? If you start energy, putting that energy into to sustainable practices, into conscious companies, to conscious movements, you are going to get rid of these corporations. Why? Because you start shifting the world by 1% of the population taking, taking the steps by speaking their truth. And this is why Spence and I are here is because 
we're garnering this 1%. We're, we're shining lights to bring in more of these people who hear our calls and are just like, you know what? I'm tired of it. I'm ready. Let's go. So it's everything. It's everything and anything. And it just all begins with you and the decisions you make with the awareness and the education that you now have. I love this. This conversation has, I intended that this conversation puts a whole nother light on water sovereignty. And there's a lot of beautiful aspects to water and water sovereignty, brothers. So if you're out there listening, pull out a piece of paper and based on what you, what you're feeling and what you've heard in here and just jot down, like, what does water sovereignty mean to you? Because this is something that is not going away and it's going to continue to uptick. Now I know we're coming up to the end of this beautiful, beautiful, powerful, potent conversation. And I want to just finish this on the heart centered note, Kevin. Sure. So I'd love to hear from you, like your experience and your knowledge and your stories around this idea that you can inject intentionally love into your water. And this is something that, you know, I do when I pick up my glass and I, you know, I put the water and I literally hold my hand over. And I know there was a, I believe his name was Amoto, I think. I'm not yeah. an expert, but it might have been Amoto who did some a bunch of experiments in Japan, I believe, around this. So can you just speak to water and the heart space for closing this conversation off? Absolutely. So yeah, Dr. Emoto, he's um he, I believe he passed, but his son carries on his legacy out in Tokyo. And they have a whole water um a water institute there and that's you know the water that i drink is from that institute right so and like you know there's something with japan right like i've always been connected with them so in heart-centered place if you guys google dr emoto and water um it'll, it'll show you the different words and how water holds the the frequency of what you know you you speak to it so as spence was saying you can you know send it good positive thoughts and the water will actually change into that. So to kind of like zoom in, zoom out, like, like, right, like we are water being 75% of water, right? At least by science. So whatever you guys consume externally becomes you internally. So let me say that again, real quick for you guys. You are water beings, right? So if you are listening to music that is negative, demeaning, that has low vibrations, it is changing your internal waters. If you are listening to upbeat music, if you're listening to things that are positive, inspirational, you are programming water, your internal water, 75% of you is water, 94% of your blood is water, your heart is a water pump. Guys, you are programming your waters every day. So bringing it back to this heart centeredness, right? Understand and understand that Water is life, it has memory, and it's your opportunity to program yourself through what you consume. So what you eat, what you drink, and what you listen to, what you watch, your eyes are over 90% water, guys, too. And whatever images you fill in with those, it's going to go into your subconscious. We all know this, right? So heart-centeredness, guys, focus on things that are shaped for love, peace, expansion, right? Listen to Dr. Emoto, watch him, Google him on YouTube. You'll see the experiments, what happens when you can get this crystalline 
structured living water in your cells. You can see under a microscope the difference of what a, a water drop looks like when it is a structured in good shape that's sent with love. And you can get one that looks like when it's sent with hatred. Guys, one's broken and nasty. And then the other one is looks like a snowflake. And then if you take the same concept and look at a drop of tap water, a drop of bottled water, it's broken and nasty, just like the word hate, right? Just like as you would use the word hate. So become aware of what you're consuming, what you're saying, and what you're sharing, because that in essence will be absorbed and will create that memory within your own waters. This has been a good one, brother. So we'll put a cap on that for now. And I know the brother who's listening would love if you come back at some point and we explore some different directions. I know that would be a potent conversation as well. So I'd love to hear from you. Where can the brother who's listening get a hold of you, follow your journey um, and reach out if they're interested in learning more? So absolutely. So my handle on Instagram is at expansion codes. Um, I'm on Facebook, but I dabble on Facebook. So don't try to find me there. Try to find me on Instagram. Um, you can also check out the water community that I'm a part of. It's called Wake Water Co. Um, it's at wakemovement.co. Um, you can find out what we're doing across the world with water. Um, but feel free to direct your, your questions to me on Instagram. I'm so happy to to connect with you guys too. Um, I published my first book about six months ago. That's on there too. So if you feel called, if you like what I'm saying, uh, dive a little deeper in and expand your mind with uh, some more codes there. Awesome. This was beautiful, brother. Thank you so much for being on here. And to the brother who frequency matched, clearly there is um, some exploring to do around water consciousness in your life. Thank you for your energy and your time. And of course, you can follow along on Instagram at New Earth Masculine and NewEarthMasculine.com. Kevin, thanks so much for being here. And we'll have to do another one in the near future. Thank you, Spence. I appreciate it. And brothers, thank you for tuning in and tapping in. Hope this turned on a little bit of those lights inside, y'all. <laughs>